Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. you in this place. Holy Spirit, you are the most honored guest. Oh, we just magnify you. We lift you up. I just pray that in this place, people would have the courage, dear God, to move forward in their lives like never before. God, that they would be able to step into everything that you have for them, that nothing would restrict them, nothing holding them back. Father, that you have not given them a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Lord, help me help your people. God, not with wise or persuasive words, but by a demonstration of your spirit, your power, and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So our main scripture today, you can be seated. Go ahead. You already started. All right. So our main scripture today is in Joshua 1, 9. And it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Turn to your neighbor and say, be strong. strong. Come on, you guys, that was pathetic. Okay, look to the other side and say, be courageous. courageous. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, thank you, worship team. Oh, see ya. See ya later. Okay, um, (laughs) they're like, see ya. My name is Priscilla Flowers, and I'm a worship leader here at Church Alive. Yeah. Yeah, we have an amazing team. Hey, if you're a musician, vocalist, come sign up. We'd love to have you. Our team is growing, and it's incredible what God is doing on our team. Um, and just before I get started, I want to shout out our senior pastors, Pastor Anthony and Pastor Miriam. They're incredible people who really, really love people and love God. Not just beautiful on the outside, but really on the inside. You too, Pastor Anthony. You could be beautiful. Um, <laughs> So we've been in our Hot Weekends series, and last week, if you were here, Pastor Israel Campbell was here, and he was talking about being determined or distracted. How many of you were here for that? Yeah, Yeah, it was so, so, so good. If you happen to be here, then maybe you got to see Pastor Magno's cameo appearance as a corpse on stage for an hour. It was really quite distracting. I thought it was funny that the message was called Determined or Distracted, and all I could stare at was Pastor Magno on the floor. If you haven't seen it, at least go to YouTube to check that out. Um, It'll be worth your while. So today, the title of my message is Take Courage. Take Courage. You know, I have personally been in a season where God has been stretching me in my capacity to take courage, not just to trust him, um, to trust his voice. If I'm being really honest, um, maybe about two years, I found myself praying and I was crying. I'm like, God, I want to know that you trust me enough to know what you're thinking and with your word and your heart for people. And I wish I was kidding, but it really was a petition of my heart. And even in that, he's met me there. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, Really... It's just, it's, it's been an ongoing thing and really being obedient to what he's told me to do, even when sometimes it makes no sense. And I thought, um, 
in the process, I found um, lots of uh, little things that were lingering. For instance, fear of man, right? I never found myself to be a person who like cared what other people think, um, but I did. And it was a moment where I felt like I almost had to, to prove my, my heart and what was going on. And, and God's like, no one's asking you to do that. I'm not asking you to do that. You need to actually get rid and, and handle that. Um, so there was part of that. And me standing here is actually a big act of courage, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, it has been crazy, you guys. All week long, I've been coughing a storm. No, it's not COVID. Yes, I tested, okay? It's been crazy. I've been up all night coughing, and on Tuesday, I was like, you know what? Pastor Fernando's doing the 9 a.m. He can do the 1 p.m. I don't need to do this. But I knew that it was the voice of fear and not of love. And we have to be able to discern between those two voices. We have to know that God loves us, that he's for us, that he's with us, that he's not going to leave us and abandon us, and that he wouldn't lead us into a wilderness just to abandon us, but he would make sure that we would be empowered and strengthened by his spirit. So I want to encourage you that today, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, you can take courage because God is with you. He's with you wherever you go. You go and he goes and he's with you. So what is courage? You could shout it out, don't be fearful. Shout it out, what do you think? What's courage? What's the first thing you think of? Bravery, that's a good one. Anything else? Seeking something despite, doing something despite fear. All right, let's see. Who wins? Contestant number one. It says, courage is mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, withstand danger, fear, or difficulty, which is crazy. Mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. So courage is not the absence of fear. It's pressing in and it's going and it's doing even with the presence of fear. As Mulan's father says, <laughs> There is no courage without fear. They're both present. They're there simultaneously. Also, when was the last time you viewed courage as mental strength? Never. I, I mean, I never did. I looked it up and I was like, mental strength? Oh, I never thought of it like that. But of course, of course it would be mental strength because I do know the value of my thoughts and my beliefs. Let me tell you, so many of the battles that we have in our lives is actually taking place between our two ears, believe it or not. So much of what we think is shaped by our life experiences that actually taint the lens in which we view things. For instance, ladies, you're dating a new guy, you text him, and he's not texting you back, and you're like, okay, you know what? He's just ghosting me, and he's not talking to me. You can forget it. He's just playing games. Because maybe that's what you've experienced in the past, and the guy's just at work. <laughs> Praise God for a job, okay? Also, maybe some of you are like, I don't want to get married. Why? Because maybe you saw your parents and they like hated each other and they slept in separate beds and they were miserable and you're like, nah, marriage is not for me. But it's just because that's what your life experience has told you. So it's so important that we actually pay attention to our thoughts. I'm reminded of the story of Gideon in the Bible. Now, he definitely had some life experiences that fogged up his lens, okay? This guy is literally like in a little ditch, okay? He's threshing wheat. I looked at videos of this. It's ridiculous. But he's threshing wheat, and all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears to him, right? And he says, God is with you, oh mighty warrior. What I love is that Gideon's not like perplexed at all. There's this angel standing there. Everyone else in the Bible is like, the angels are like, fear not. And everyone's like, ah. Gideon's just like, oh, hey, what's going on? 
Um, and he literally, his reply to this angel of the Lord is, he says, right, almighty oh, warrior. Mind you, Gideon is not a warrior yet. He says, with me, my master, if God is with us, why has all this happened to us? We're all the miracle wonders that our parents and grandparents told us about, telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? The fact is, God has nothing to do with us. He's turned us over to Midian, okay? Now, God faced him directly and said, go in this strength that is yours. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? And he goes, me, my master? How? With what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan's the weakest in Manessa, and I'm the runt of the litter. God said to him, I'll be with you. Believe me, you'll defeat Midian as one man. What's so funny about this exchange is God, that actually Gideon had so much unbelief that made him question over and over and over again. And actually, God provided many miracles to show him, and he had such grace for him. Is what I love about this. God was so gracious in showing up again and again to tell him, I am with you. I will be with you. You will defeat the Midianites. But what's incredible is, so it's going down. It's battle night, right? And God's like, hey, listen, if you're tonight's the night, but if you're afraid, go down to the camp and listen to what the enemy is saying. I want you to go down so you would be encouraged and you'll be encouraged. So of course, Gideon's like, I'm afraid, so I'll definitely take your advice. I'm gonna go check it out. He takes his friend with him and they go down there and he overhears two guys talking. One guy just had a dream and the guy is interpreting the dream. And as he's interpreting the dream, the friend, he said, so he's talking about this wheat, all this stuff, blah, 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 crazy dream. And his friend says, oh, this is none th nothing other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has handed, him, handed over to him Midian and all the camp. So now Gideon hears, he's like, oh, God has told me I'm going to take over Midian. Cool. So he thanks God. He heads over to the camp and he's like, tonight's the night, guys. We're doing it. What I think is crazy is that sometimes we believe what the enemy has to say about us more than we believe what God has to say about us. I think it's incredible. Yeah, God has been saying this stuff all along. I'm with you, you'll defeat them, you'll defeat them. And all it takes is for him to hear the voice of someone else, the enemy in fact, for him to be encouraged and think, oh yeah, I got this, we can do this, which is crazy. So the truth is, sometimes we know what God's truth is, but we know, and we know what we're supposed to believe, but sometimes what we believe are what the enemies have to say more than what God has to say. And our thoughts can be tricky, and that's why the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing your mind means to change the way you think. And you know, even repentance, the Greek word metanoia, actually means to change the way you think. Sometimes we think of repentance and we think it's just forgiveness and it's just like, all right, God, I'm sorry, enough to clear your conscience. But actually, you have to intentionally change the way you think if you want to change your ways. And Romans 12:2 says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The message translation says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Science is finally catching up to this. I know Pastor Anthony has spoken a little bit about it, but science is saying, actually, we have the ability to change the way we think. It's not just this impulsive response. If you look up this book, Dr. Caroline Leaf, if you're interested, it's called Switch On Your Brain, and there she's proving that there's this thing called neuroplasticity that exists, and it's our ability to change our neural pathways. It's pretty incredible. So, sidebar. I've got a note, a little paper on the side, on my kid's closet, and it has all these declarations on it, right? Because early on, my husband and I decided 
that we want our kids to be grounded in truth and have the right belief system, right? So on that little paper, it says, I am powerful and what I believe changes the world. So today I declare God is in a good mood. He loves me all the time and nothing can separate me from his love. It goes on and on, you know, Jesus' blood paid for everything, it's, it's all that. But the point is, we know that what we believe changes the world. Not because we're changing the world with a sign out there and all that stuff is important, but because when we can change our mind, we change the way we perceive the world around us. And even that first statement, I am powerful. We want our kids to know that they are powerful. They're powerful people making powerful decisions and they are the only ones that are actually in control of themselves, not to pass off the responsibility to anybody else. So with that, we want them to know that. Hold on, let me find it. You guys, this is my first time working with an iPad. I'm so confused, but I'm making it work and courage. Okay, thank you for the support. Okay. Here we go. Sometimes we make poor decisions and there'll be consequences for that, um, which is a very true thing, but we can't just give away our power to anybody else who's just standing by and assume that they're responsible for the way that our lives are. Um, we can also take that principle when it comes to our thoughts. Second Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. In other translations, sound mind is actually translated into self-discipline or self-control. We can't let our thoughts just take us for a walk and toss us to and fro as if we have no control over them. We can't allow even our limiting beliefs to cap what God has for us. Sometimes our life experiences can just taint us to think there's nothing more. So we have to be able to be renewed by the word of God. I would say even, even the way that we love and that we receive love, how much love we're willing to receive reveals how much love we believe we're worthy of. And God has an endless supply of love for you and for me, and we can't just cap it off. So how do we know if our thoughts have been renewed? Well, any thought that is not rooted in hope is rooted in a lie. So that means you need to take that thought and you need to make it submissive to the word of God and what God has to say. Far too many of us don't even realize that we're believing lies. So you better think, think about what you're thinking about so you can get freedom, freedom, freedom. Or you can take freedom with Pastor Steve or with Ed Diomedi. <laughs> yeah, and they can help you walk that out. Um, so we need to take every thought captive. So what are some situations in life where we need to take courage? Maybe to go back to school, maybe to apply for that job, to get that raise, to make friends, to love again, uh, to go on living even, to surrender, to choose life, to start a business, to write that book, to forgive, to go to the gym. Pastor Fernando, hey, go to the gym. <laughs> I couldn't help you were so right there. You're right in my line shot. Oh my eyesight. Okay, get that driver's license Quit that drug ask for help share your art and even kill that spider Listen, sometimes our fears are so different and they look different to everybody But that's what's so incredible about it. There's no like this this lie is much bigger than this one They're all equal. It's all an equal playing field. So when I say the word battle and when I say um, we have to take courage over something. Um, what do we think of when we think of a battlefield, right? Like what's usually in a battlefield? Just imagine, what's that? 
Weapons. Okay, what else? Blood. Oh, weirdo. No, just kidding. Blood. Yeah, what else? What else? Enemy. Victory. Yeah. Anybody else? What? Banners. I like the way you think. You're like worship mind, you know, all day long. You're like, worship. Okay, so here are three things that I think are important to identify when you find yourself in a battle. Number one is know your leader. Who is your leader? Every battle needs a general leading the way. And can I tell you that it's not me and it's not you. That's not the one who should be leading you into battle. Because sometimes we find ourselves in certain situations because our own selfish things get in the way. We got our own thing that we're petitioning for when you're not actually supposed to be there. We need to be led by God. By following God, we're assured to be on the victorious side. But we must submit to his authority. We have to follow his orders and commands. And sometimes God actually wants to give us more authority, but we can only receive more authority in conjunction to our level of submission. So do not despise small beginnings. If you're just a private, maybe eventually God will give you more and you'll become a major. You know, okay, so there's that. And hey, if you led yourself into a battle and you're like, well, I got myself into some mess, it's okay. Just resubmit to his authority, fall in line, and he will lead you out victorious. All right, so number two is know your enemy. I know right away some of you are thinking, it's the devil. He's prowling like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's just stealing and killing and destroying everything. He's the reason I'm late. He's the reason that I lost my keys. He's the reason for this headache. He hates me. Okay, listen, all of that stuff is completely possible, and that may be true. <laughs> but uh, the devil and his shenanigans has no authority for what it is that you carry in the spirit. So, yeah, we have to stop giving the enemy so much credit, you guys. And here's the thing. He's not, he's not that obvious. He's real sneaky. The little enemy is so sneaky when we think of the devil. He wants to set you up against yourself. He wants to set you up against other people. And that's where you need to be a little bit more vigilant, all of us. So, sometimes we can feel like our enemy is a toxic coworker, or like your crazy stepmom or your amazing spouse. I love my amazing spouse, Chris. He's incredible. He's been putting up with a lot of my own shenanigans this week as I've been stepping into courage. So I love him very much. Um, <laughs> not you, babe, not you. You're not the enemy. Um, but it's not even limited to people. Sometimes the enemy can be unforgiveness. It can be issues with your health. It can be disappointment, comparison, fear, your past, doubt, Perfection, pride, unbelief, debt, isolation, guilt, shame, bitterness, insecurity. Our beliefs and sins have the ability to turn into enemies that we learn to live with, but they should not be allowed to continue to pierce us. Because what starts as perhaps an isolated moment of betrayal or lack of wisdom or pain, it can start to take us into captivity and into bondage. And that affects our whole life and the people around us without us even knowing it. We must learn how to apprehend the real enemy once and for all, which brings me to my last point, number three, is know your weapons and how to use them. What's a weapon? The word of God. If you want to know more about it, listen to Pastor Fernando's message this morning. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. 
It's not something we just hold in our hand, but something that we can hold in our hearts to declare truth, to understand the nature of God. Also prayer, communication with God. I know I just said that. No, I didn't. Prayer. You guys, prayer. It's so important. This is the way that we talk with God. This is how we intercede. This is how we're in a relationship with him. You can't be in a relationship with someone you don't talk to. Also, worship, thanksgiving, fasting. Those three are kind of almost clumped together. They're like cousins because all of those kind of bring us back into submission, into alignment in what God has for us. When we're fasting, we're getting our flesh in line. When we're worshiping him, we're putting him back in the position that he deserves to be in as Lord. And even when we're um, thanksgiving, it's even for our own sake, for us to remember how great he is and magnify him over the situation. Oh man, there's so many things. Renewing our mind could be a weapon. Reconciliation, forgiveness. You know, our human hearts are so wired for justice. And when someone does us wrong, we can hold on to forgiveness as a form of punishment on their behalf. But actually, it ends up affecting us. Joyce Meyer has this really famous quote, and she says, harboring unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that your enemy will die. But inside, it's just, it's eating you up. Because what starts off as unforgiveness, then it becomes anger, it can become bitterness, and then before that, it can become hate. And sometimes when hate takes root in our heart, we're capable of some pretty crazy things as humans. Also, counseling. Counseling can be a weapon. Don't be sh feel ashamed about needing counseling. And even if you need medicine, it's miracles and it's medicine. Believe it or not, a lot of the medical things that have started, it was Christians who started medicine. If you look it up historically, it's pretty amazing. So get counseling vulnerability accountability can i tell you there is so much there's so much to learn and safety within people and i'm not saying just everybody but even a select few of people who can lift you up that's why transform groups are so important hey if you need to sharpen your arsenal when it comes to your finances there's a transform group for that if you need it when it comes to your fitness there's a transform group for that also let's never underestimate self-care as a weapon Self-care, I know it sounds crazy, but like, ladies, take courage, go get your nails done. Men, take courage, go get a massage, go hang out with your boys, go do a pickup game of basketball, do something like that. Eat, sleep, drink water. Let me tell you, many battles have been won with just like a good night's sleep. And it's important for us to ask God for strategy, right? What weapon am I supposed to use against this specific enemy? Because sometimes we think we know what it's supposed to be, but God has a better strategy. So it's so important that we're praying and that we're asking him because he can actually give us divine strategy. For instance, maybe, I don't know, three months ago, my husband, he was just, he seemed a little bit off. I was like, what's going on with him? And I'm doing my normal like, I love you, how you doing? You want me to go buy us some food? I'm not gonna cook you no food, but I can go buy you some food. What do you wanna eat? Um, and he was just like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, I was like, there's something funky. He wasn't acting necessarily peculiar, right? He wasn't like sad or crying. <laughs> like it was just something was off. Anyway, I asked the Holy Spirit, I'm like, God, what's going on with him? And he said, he's angry. I was like, okay. So. I called him up and I was like, hey, by any chance, like, are you angry? He was like, huh. He thought about it and he said, you know what? I am. I didn't realize I'm, I've been so mad, things have been happening at work and I didn't realize that I was upset. And it was just that moment of us being able to connect, to figure out what it is that was going on because I had just asked God, hey, what am I supposed to do here? What's going on with him? And he can give us divine strategies. Look at Gideon. 
when he finally takes his 300 men to go out and fight the Midianites, they take pitchers, torches, and trumpets. No, no, no sword, no shield, just some pitchers are gonna slam down, hold the torch and be like, bah, bah, bah. That's, some, that's some divine strategy there. That's some serious courage. And so that's why we have to trust in the Lord our God with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. And the greatest strategy of all you guys is that God is with us. Courage comes from believing that truth. And sometimes you have to speak that truth out loud. As we've been talking about, our words are literally spirit. You can say, I'm not afraid because God is with me. I don't know what's going to happen next, but God is with me. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for the Lord my God is with me. It's important that we declare certain things out loud to ourselves. And as I wrap up here this afternoon, I realize some of you might be like, Priscilla, I know these things. I've been doing these things. I'm tired. Sometimes when you've been contending and you've been in battle so long, it can feel exhausting. You just feel like giving up. You feel like going to sleep almost. <sighs> we become really, really apathetic. And I just want to say today that if that's you, you are worthy of hope. You are worthy of hope. It's, you're worthy to hope again. And I believe that there's two different kinds of people here today. Some who are, are, are tired of, of pressing in and, and hopelessly waiting, and others that are tired and hopeless from fighting the battle. Some who have just been like waiting a long time, and others who have just been like, I'm exhausted. When things take a long time, we become pretty, pretty apathetic. And so, like I said, it's time for you not to get discouraged. Even when you feel exhausted, stand. You know that standing is still a posture of being in the battle? It actually takes effort to stand up because of gravity. You know, so stand, stand firm. Even in your seasons of waiting, seasons that look like nothing is happening, remain, resist, and take strength in the fact that he is with you. He is in the waiting. Do not be discouraged because Christ is your firm foundation, the rock on which you stand. And for those of you who have been fighting and petitioning and going after every fiery dart, maybe your weaponry in this season looks like rest. It looks like just trusting God and letting, and letting him fulfill the victory so he can get all the glory. And it's not in your strength. It's not in anything that you're doing, but he can get it all for himself. Just trust. Keep your eyes. Stand firm and watch the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you. I love this verse, Psalms 27, 14, and I love this song that I actually think, I believe, came out of this verse. And it says, here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. He will never disappoint you. He is a God that cannot fail. So if you all could just close your eyes right now in this moment. I want you to just ask God to search your heart. Is there a place where you've allowed fear to paralyze you from taking that next step where God is leading you? Really, just take a second and ask him. Is there an area where maybe you need to relinquish your control of a situation and let him be Lord and be led by him again? God, what would it look like for me to take courage in that area of my life? Lord, would you just give me one step that I can take this week in courage and faith in knowing that you are with me.
eyes still closed. Maybe you're here today and you feel like, Priscilla, I don't know if God's with me. I don't know if I know him, but I'm tired of doing things my way and in my own strength. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never allowed him into your heart to be master and savior and Lord of all. In just a few moments, we're gonna say a prayer as a church and it would be the honor of my life to lead you into a relationship with him. This isn't about religion. It isn't the prayer that saves you. It's about your heart, mind, spirit, and strength being surrendered to Christ. He loves you and he longs to be your best friend and for you to know him. He's a man who cannot lie. He is faithful and he is so, so kind. So if you could all please repeat after me. Thank you, Father, for loving me when I didn't love you. Jesus, come into my heart as Lord and Savior. Forgive me and cleanse me. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. My mistakes and my pain. By faith, I receive your grace and love. I confess I need you. I give you control of my life. Help me to walk with you and hear you by the power of the Holy Spirit so that I can be all that you have called me to be. Amen. So with eyes still closed, if that was you today, and you put your faith in Jesus for the first time, or if you've run away from God and you're just resurrendering your life to him, on the count of three, would you raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it? One, two, three. I see that hand, 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 I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. He loves you. Oh, so Father, you can put your hands down. I thank you for these precious people, Lord, that have resurrendered their life to you, Father. I thank you, God, that because you are with us, God, we have the victory, God, that we do not have to fear what is happening to our left and to our right, but we can just keep our eyes fixed on you. God, so bless us this week as we step in courage into the territory that you would have us to claim, dear God, that we can go confidently, that we can go boldly, and that we can go courageously. In in joy and in peace. In your mighty, mighty name, amen.